0: In Poland, dzień dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, afternoon. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, salbona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia. Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all.
1: Great day, great day, grand rising and shalom. Welcome everyone to Health and Well-Being with Viata. And I have a very special guest joining me very shortly. Uh, Dr. Constance um, Shabazz is joining me this morning. I am so excited because this woman has so much knowledge and experience uh, that you are going to call. want to call your friends, call your friends because we're going to really help you today. These two women, myself and Dr. Shabaz, are going to help you develop healthy choices for 2024, and healthy responses. Why do I say, what do we need to respond with healthily? Because in 2023, I recognize that many people around me in media and so forth were reacting, reacting to life circumstances. Whether it's the transition or death of a, a a person, a family, a friend, or whether it's uh, being caught in traffic, when we react with negative emotions, it causes the hormones of cortisol, adrenaline, to run, run, run through the blood, and that causes more ill effects more disease more poor health so we're going to talk about health how to respond healthy ways in healthy ways to all of the life circumstances that you find yourself in so i'm excited uh dr Constance shabazz uh, coming on later but for now i know why you came here you came here to do some joint rolling this morning we all need to roll these joints. And I do mean get high on life, not the not the cigarette, but the life it's in our body. So I always want to remind us, why do we need to do joint rolling? From the head, the neck roll, to the shoulders, to the wrist, to the elbows, to the knees, and the ankles, and the legs, and the hips. Because our circulation improves when we do joint rolling. Well, Moving all these parts helps our blood flow better. Uh, our immune system is boosted, boosted, boosted. And the glands, the lymphatic glands that drain all uh, the toxins, drain all the unnecessary fluids, those the um, our adrenal glands are, are improved by that, our liver's improved. When we get our lymphatic pump moving, and you have lymphatic pumps everywhere. I learned so much about lymph, our lymph system uh, when I went to a yoga class, and the yoga teacher was doing lymphatic yoga. What? And it was just helping all the participants move their body in a way that stimulated the lymph pump pumps in the body from your head your ear around the ear you have lymphatic pumps here you have lymphatic pumps here you especially have lymphatic pumps under the arm all over in your groin area you have lymphatic pumps they're all over your precious sacred temple so we help you get that pump moving and i'm in um uh, another city today i'm visiting my sister uh for the last four or five days And so I'm still in the bedroom because this is a beautiful, peaceful place that I've been sleeping in. And so I want everyone to get – oh, and I see Dr. Constance is in the green room. So, Dr. Constance, we're going to do some joint rolling, and then we'll bring you right on to the show. Holly, The good morning, Dr. Constance, grand rising, Dr. Constance. So let's get busy because my guest is here, and we're going to put on some – Joint rolling music and I'm still as I said, I'm still in my my bedroom where I've been staying uh, visiting my sister Because it's such a comfortable place and I want you to be inspired To stay in your bed until you do your joint rolling don't get out of bed till you do your joint rolling so let's put on some joint rolling music and get these uh, lymphatic pumps going and our circulation improved, and um, our uh, lymphatic circulation and our immune system. That's the thing, the immune system, when you're moving your body, you're gonna have a, p- more, a better immune system. So let's get busy with the sound, the time for healing by the sounds of blackness. This is our favorite music to roll joints on so we're going to play that and I'm going to show you, uh, demonstrate how we get our neck joint moving, our shoulder joints moving, elbows, wrists, uh, hips, knees, and ankles. So
2: let's get busy with time for healing and rolling knees. Down.
1: out breathe in and out all right let's just pat down our arms finally give that skin a little uh, massage and especially here you should have a pit not a poof that's your lymphatic drainage working well when you have a pit and not a poof pat down don't forget each side pat down to the hands underneath Get that lymphatic system moving under your arm, and this your thymus gland here is wonderful uh, stimulation for your immune system. You want your immune system pumped up right now in these cold, this cold weather. And then don't forget the breast. Always, always massage around the breast, round the breast. They need that stimulation to flow for the lymph system to flow. And then go to your navel area, that's your microbiome system, and just give a pat around the navel. And then finally, let's not forget our, let's see, our kidneys and our adrenal glands back here. Give them a pat and a thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, you, adrenal glands and kidneys. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, we did it, we did it. All right, take a deep breath. And exhale, give thanks, give thanks for your wonderful sacred body. We just did the fly routine, first love yourself, fly. We fly every Friday morning. And I want you to be inspired to fly, fly every morning, seven days a week. All right. We're going to give thanks now for uh, our guest, Dr. Constance Shabazz is here with us. Welcome my beautiful sister. How are you this morning? I am
3: doing wonderful. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so glad to be on your program this morning.
1: You look wonderful. I love that head wrap. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. Right. So how's the weather in Ch- I'm in Atlanta. It's pretty cold here. I know it must be really cold <laughs> in Chicago. Uh,
3: yeah, it's in the 20s and 30s, but, you know, this is Chicago. <laughs> if you're not used to it, you know, then you can't weather it as they say. So,
1: okay, You know what? It's, it's you know, I, I live in Florida most of the time. I'm visiting my sister okay. in Atlanta. My skin is okay. so dry. I, that's what I remember. I was I was actually born in Chicago, 47th uh, okay. Street, 833 East 47th Street, yeah. And I I don't remember my skin being so dry but it probably was. But since I've been in Florida, I just I'm putting on so much lotion lately when this cold weather is here. Uh so I'm just glad I have the lotion cuz it's like, "Ah, what's wrong with my skin?" So, so so thank you so much for joining me on this first show of 2024. And we've got so much to I think prepare for because I don't know about you but there is just chaos everywhere
2: uh,
1: and and Absolutely. and it seems like there's especially chaos in a lot of bodies human vessels these days. So, Dr. Constance, uh, I, I, I'm sure most of my audience uh, does not know you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, how you became this fabulous uh, CEO of your wellness center? Well,
3: well thank you. Um, I'm not sure if I'm worthy of those compliments, but I, I will share with you and the rest of your audience uh, with a little bit of background. I'm Richard from Chicago, and uh, actually about seven years ago, I... I from Chicago to Texas, um, uh, and there's a story behind that that actually helped to evolve into our starting the, the health center. But yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm a native Chicagoan, um, I'm second,
2: third, third
3: generation uh, Chicagoan, and um, I uh, went to Chicago Public Schools. Uh, my mother was a teacher, my dad worked for the city, and I always had an interest in uh, the sciences. And so I excelled in those areas in you know grammar school, high school, and and majored in college. Um, but um, there was an interesting thing that happened. You know, the good student uh, went off to a, a pre- prestigious women's college, uh, and and there was just something missing in, in the experience. I felt like I didn't really know who I was and and what my aspirations were in terms of really. Uh, fulfilling my God-given potential. So um, after a second year of college, I took a hiatus and uh, found out about these two uh, dynamic black women who were pediatricians, and they were practicing medicine in New York City. And here I was in Chicago uh, watching this program about them establishing a sickle cell clinic, because at that time, sickle cell was, was... um, underfunded with regards to research. Uh, there were high numbers of black and brown people who were uh, genetically uh, predisposed to sickle cell, weren't getting adequate treatment, and they were experiencing early death. And uh, I was so enamored by the, the work that these women were doing that I said, you know what, uh, because of my interest in the sciences, and I, I wanted to, to go and work with them. And I packed my bags and, and went to New York. These people, this is all free pre-internet, okay? <laughs> so I once I landed in, in uh, New York, and I, at the time I uh, had friends there, so I stayed with a friend of mine from college, and uh, it took me several weeks to actually find out where these people were even located, okay? was it like today that you can go on the internet and search people down in seconds? I mean, it was the old school directory assistance, okay, and the phone book, and, and for those of you all who know New York, Every borough has a separate, you know, system, you know. Anyway, long story short, it, it was in divine order that I did find uh, the, the location of this foundation, the Foundation for Research and Education in Sickle Cell Disease, and uh, showed up on, on the doorsteps and said, hey, I've heard about you. I came here to volunteer, and that really started the ball rolling because I had the opportunity to uh work under these, these uh, women in their foundation, I went out uh, and had the opportunity to test thousands and thousands of, of people uh, for sickle cell disease. And, and, you know, at that time it was kind of scary because of the fact that so many people felt like having a diagnosis, much like what happened during the time of uh, early days of HIV-AIDS, it was a death knell because there were no treatments, you know, uh, there were no cures for sure. And so, but what we tried to do as much as possible is help people to identify, you know, whether or not they were positive for sickle cell disease or the trait and, you know, get them plugged into the system. So that was life transfer for me. I, I saw uh, what we now call social justice in action. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be able to combine both my love for the sciences and, and, and medicine into uh, causes that were going to make an impact in that, in that community. So fast forward, I you know ended up coming back to Chicago. I, I worked for a time paper. that uh, was called Muhammad speaks newspaper. And I, I applied for um, uh, to get back into school. I, I changed schools and uh, finished my my bachelor's degree. And when I came back to Chicago, I actually went to work for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad Memorial um, Health Center, which, is located, uh, which was located at 79th around St. Lawrence. And during that, that year I was there, I, I helped to develop some programs while I was applying for medical school. I uh, got accepted to Southern Illinois University uh, Medical School, went there, and when I finished, I came back to the community and, and worked primarily on what we call the Community Health Center program. And these are programs that provide health care services regardless as to one's insurance status or ability to pay. And I wanted to be in a system like that. Didn't want to feel like I had to deny someone care just based on what was or what was not in their pocket, you know, a card or money. And so I I, I remained in that that system, if you will, uh, for the past, I'm gonna say over 45 years. So I love what I do uh, and fast forward, you know, as Right around the time that that COVID hit, I had just returned um, uh, from a trip to to Asia. And I uh, also was in the midst of a transition with uh, the firm, a consulting firm I was working with um, that actually worked with these health centers around the country. And um, I, like everyone else, I was on lockdown. And um, you know, I went from traveling practically every week, could be going anywhere within the U.S. Or the Virgin Islands. And here I was on lockdown like everyone else. And um, in Texas, and I was, you know, social distance, pretty protected. And and hearing of uh, what was happening in my own hometown, it just broke my heart. Uh, the fact that so many individuals in our community. Were, were impacted by this, by this pandemic. Uh, in particular, I remember the statistics and I quote this all the time about in the, the South Shore community, which really is adjacent to the community where our health center is located, there were both in the early days the highest number of infections as well as deaths in the entire state of Illinois. And for those of you who know this is a highly predominantly black and brown community. Also, there was one nursing home in that community which had the unfortunate uh, moniker of having the second highest number of deaths among nursing home residents in the entire state. And it just so happened when I did the research that this was a, a nursing home for both my mother and a cousin of mine 10 years before. And I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if they were still alive and not being able to, to you know, Yes, for those of you all who have relatives in nursing homes, not being able to see your loved ones, okay, and, and to monitor their care, I mean, which is something that has to be done for, by most people, whether or not there's a pandemic or not. You, you know, you have to be attended because unfortunately, most of the uh, nursing home facilities are, are not well staffed. Uh, the, the, uh, many residents, if they don't have family members or friends coming in on a regular basis, Sometimes they don't get the best care. So here it just it hurt my heart to see that all the work that I had been doing along with others to make sure that, that uh, health care was accessible in our communities, that that uh, the affordability was not an issue, that it was a huge issue, and it impacted the outcome that we saw in our communities. So that said, I said, okay, guys, you know, you've given me this, this experience, this life experiences. Uh, You've given me the passion to work in these communities. What can I do? And I was, uh, and was, and, and, and that age group that put me at higher risk, you know, so the, the idea of being on the front line was not, you know, as, as, as feasible. Uh, but I knew that I had a lot of experience having worked with uh, many, many health centers that actually have run health centers and health, health centers to uh, get what we call a federally qualified health care status. So I said, okay, what should I do? And I started talking to people, uh, like-minded individuals, uh, some in healthcare, uh, some in education, business people. And one in particular that I I had uh, continuous conversations with was my godson, who was a business owner. And it just so happened that he was purchasing a building in the Woodlawn community. And for those of you who know the Chicago area, the Woodlawn community, is diametrically opposed economically. Uh, on one end of it, you have the opulence of the University of Chicago, one of the most endowed and, and, and rich, uh, richest uh,
1: institutions. High Park.
3: And, and so, but about a part of the, the university traverses in and is, is encompassed in uh, the Woodland community, okay? And on, on the other side of that very same community, you have uh, the public housing. You have uh, two warring uh, street gangs. You know, uh, high visibility murders and, and uh, dr- open air drug uh, selling and uh, you know the whole the whole gamut. You know of, of a disinvested community. And so um, it just so happened that he was purchasing a building in that disinvested area, and so he invited me to consider. Starting something there, and at the time we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. We just knew we needed to do something, you know, whether it was, you know, doing outreach or, or uh, trying to address some of the, the what we call the social determinants of health, you know, the food insecurity, housing insecurity, and the like. Uh, we just knew we needed to do something, and it was really very important when you talk about establishing an organization uh, if it's a non-profit and brand new organization, And having a physical space me- m- means that you are really serious about what you're doing, that, that you are showing not only the community that you're there to provide services because you have a, a, a stationary location, but also that you're showing potential funders and supporters, you know, and it really uplifted our visibility with regards to what we're doing. But, but, the, but when we actually sat down and, and started discussing, and I'm, let me tell you, as a taskmaster with my, my friends, I said when we started meeting, I mean, we were meeting several times a week, uh, those that we felt um, were gonna be part of that core group to develop this program, I mean, we were meeting, uh, we were giving you know, each other tasks to do to develop this program, but we came with a, a unified concept so we didn't want to just do uh, a, a primary care practice, a con- conventional primary care practice, which we're familiar with, uh, that doesn't work very well, uh, where you go to a, a practitioner's office, they do a history of physical, uh, they may uh, order lab tests, uh, they may send you to a specialist or other to have other procedures and things done. We were not negating that, but we wanted to uh, incorporate The best of that, and also utilize those other modalities that worldwide and for centuries have always been used by people. So we truly wanted an integrative approach, and we say the best of Western, the best of non-Western, and so that was our dedication to do that. And so we we developed this program, an integrated model of care uh, program, uh, as we were um, going through the process of waiting for the renovation of this building. It's, a, um, it's like a 5,000 uh, square foot uh, building, two stories, and we are housed on the first floor. We have 3,300 square feet of that facility, and it was a total gut rehab because wow. that building had been abandoned wow. uh, and uh, empty, unused for about five or six years.
1: But, but you know what, Dr. Constance? That's how we use our creative gifts is to go into a building like that. You know, my nephew is a Airbnb entrepreneur and he's he has done that all over the United States. Not a, well, in several states even though he lives in Chicago or in Atlanta. What you're talking about is how we develop our creative skills. So where we are talking about developing healthy choices and responses, I think that's one of the the, the choices all of us need to consider is developing our creative skills and renovating empty buildings. Go ahead. I had to just say that is just beautiful. Oh, no,
3: no, no. And, and we were just talking about that yesterday. Yes. Uh, you know, we were talking I was with a young man who has uh, the E D of a um a father's initiative program and he, he said just the same thing. He said we need to make essentially I'm paraphrasing a social assessment of our community, because we have so many resources with our, in our community that are untapped, unused, And we, we also talk about not only the fact that we have houses, but we have, uh, we have vacant lots that can be transformed into community gardens that can be transformed into jobs. We have uh, empty, uh, I'm sorry, vacant buildings that are right for us to be able to learn how to uh, acquire the building skills to rehab these things that's why other people come into our community we see it as a desert and they see it as a gold mine Absolutely. you know so we need to, and that's all part of that health and wellness because if you start seeing things differently then that that means that that is going to transform your your actions you know and your aspirations you know so anyway all right i' just I'm going to finish this up, but I mean, you, you're right on, this. On, right on with what we're thinking about. Because we also, we're not just looking at having this integrative model that includes uh, the conventional, for so people to come to us and then we do do the, the primary care assessment, uh, we still do labs, we, we may, you know, in, in certain instances, refer people out. But our core thing is to offer them uh, education. That's the most important thing that we're doing. Just like when you were doing the, the, the exercise this morning, you're educating people. You're not gonna be going in, uh, you're, they're not gonna log into you every morning. They're logging into and remembering what it is you taught them to do. Right. And that, that's what we're doing as practitioners. Yeah. We are barely doing something that's interventional, yeah. okay? Yeah. What we are doing is educating people and actually, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to this, helping them to live their best life, right.
2: to achieve
3: their own dreams and aspirations, and giving them the tools to do it, okay? So anyway, just in short, it's an integrative model. We include things like deep breathing, meditation, yoga, acupuncture, massage therapy, music therapy, and that's all part of, and parcel of not just a, uh, the, the physical uh, health of the individual, but the mental health and the spiritual health. And again, re, uh, creating these opportunities of educating, for educating people so that when they leave our space, whether it be a virtual space, or whether it be a physical space, that they have something to take with them and to start incorporating into their lives. So uh, we're just a few days shy uh, actually, two. They will be. Will mark our second year of actually being open. I guess we have a beautiful uh, 3,300 square foot facility in the Woodlawn community, and also in that same block. Uh, right now, my 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 grandson has actually acquired the entire block. Okay. Wow. Uh, we, have, we have two uh, lots that were empty. They were brown fields where they were dumping all kinds of stuff in there. Wow. And two lots, two empty lots that have now been transformed into an urban farm. Wow. Okay. Uh, this early, uh last year we got money from uh, Aetna Insurance Company, which interestingly en- enough uh, is investing in community gardens. Wow. Uh, so the plan is to. Um, increase the the yield right now. uh, Last uh, season, I think we have maybe about 20 uh, or 25 different varieties of fresh fruits and vegetables. And the idea also is to uh, create cooking classes. And we have a a partner that we're just uh, starting a relationship with who is going to be uh, providing cooking classes. And they're going to be focused at developing recipes uh, helping people, rather, to prepare recipes from produce that is being produced in the garden. We want to make this uh, user-friendly, community-friendly, so that we're not telling people, oh, you know, go get this ingredient, go get that ingredient. We want it to be accessible to them within within a block or two of where they live, okay? Because we are also in a food desert. Next door to that is my godson's my uh, laundromat, Everybody needs to have clean clothes. And we definitely found that out, you know, during COVID. You know. Yeah. And really, to be honest with you, i you know, we had an uptick in the number of people who were using the laundromat. Because many of the, the, the people who don't have the, the luxury of having a washing machine and dryer, they, they were working many times. They were working as those essential workers who were exposed the most. And they certainly needed to have access to, you know, cleanliness, you know, to hopefully mitigate the exposure to themselves and to their family members. Uh, So right next there is is our building, which is a two-story building. And you mentioned about your your nephew having Airbnb. Actually, the second floor there is a beautiful, I think it's maybe 1,500-square-foot apartment. It looks like it it belongs in, in you know, Code in Chicago on the north side? Oh, really? <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it has state-of-the-art uh, appliances. It's three-bedroom. It's just you walk in there you're like, where am I? Okay. It even has a wonderful deck on the back that is the full uh, width of the building. And so you can sit out there, and uh, on the other side of our fence in the back it's just trees. It's trees. You know, and what a wonderful view there. Then on our, uh, to, the, to the east of us, it, uh, and they just uh, had, had their first anniversary, is a, a healthy restaurant called Let's Eat to Live. Okay. Wonderful cuisine there, uses many agre- ingredients uh, from the urban farm. Okay. So we have organic food being prepared in our community at an affordable rate. And then at the, the east end is a building that has a retail space, I uh, understand that there's going to be a STEM program in there, and housing, affordable housing. Uh, we have a number of new residents in the area uh, who are asylum seekers, and so we've had agencies that have approached my godson about renting out that space for families, you know. And so here we have a whole block. But even our neighbors across the street, they've rehabbed uh, their home. We are now uh, looking at another space, which is a whole block to the east of us, to actually develop a whole community center.
2: Yes, it will have affordable
3: yes. housing, it will have workforce readiness programs, it will have social services there, and of course, expansion of, of our health care services. And one other last thing that, uh, that I'm uh, So excited about it. Working with an architect who commutes from Chicago to the L.A. area, and she and her husband have been working on affordable housing programs. And we're actually looking at spaces within the community where we can put not the tiny homes, but small homes. And these are energy-efficient homes that can be converted, you know. uh, But we want to have it in such a way that we configure these. So that we create villages, you know, when the, when the public housing system in Chicago was dismantled, uh, which it's, it's ironic that the person whose whose name was on one of the largest when Robert Taylor Homes. He was actually against them building these these high high rise apartments. He was really against it. But yet here it's like a slap in the face. Okay, well we'll show you we're going to do this even though you were against it. And so um, these. But, but the, 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 the thing about the, the, the public housing, some of the public housing locations was that over time you had multiple generations of families who lived there, and they oftentimes had a way of creating a, a, a community there that was supportive of their needs. So maybe the grandma was on floor, you know, the fourth floor. They get the daughter, a daughter on the seventh floor, and another one on the sixth floor, and and you know they had uh, to work, you know, uh, odd hours and couldn't be there to take care of the kids. With grandma. All grandma, grandma had to do was either go to the apartment. Or they all, the kids all came to her, and, and a lot of them had little businesses going on. So when they dismantled that. And, and made it seem as if, well, you know, we're giving you the opportunity to move to better neighborhoods and we're giving you these Section 8 vouchers. Well, the thing is, and for those people who know the Section 8 system, there are years and years of uh, wait, wait times to get them. But also, it does not obligate a, um, a a landlord to rent anything to you. And also, think of it if, if they are limiting the number of people who are in the apartment or the, or the house, then that's, that's a struggle for some people to be able to not only to be able to afford living there, but also they, they lose, oftentimes lose that social support that they had. Yeah. So we're trying to emulate that concept by by um, buying land that where we can actually place multiple houses there. And it could be grandma is, is, is there one, uh, the daughters over here and her kids, and, and create a little village. And also, what we want to do is have a, a social service hub, and, and we're looking, we're strategically looking at this project as being just a block or so away from our health center. Okay, so we're being very strategic about the way in which we are reimagining our communities and what we need, not what somebody else thinks. We
1: need. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Oh my goodness, there's so much to talk about. Oh my goodness, I am so grateful. For you, your choices that you have made and your experience, because this is what we need in 2024 entrepreneurship development. So, our first uh, topic, developing healthy choices, is everything you've just talked about uh, in the last, what, half hour or so, is that we need to look at our outside environment and in- internal environment to develop healthy communities. And healthy bodies, and and what you have just shared with us uh, is really on point to developing, 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 not just your your healthy your mind, body, and spirit, but your environment. Because if we don't work on both the external environment as well as internal, we're gonna have conflict. So let me just uh, uh, share some of the comments that we have in our Facebook family. Uh, Zelda Robinson, who's our uh, Monday morning uh, mindfulness host on Female Solutions, says, Grand Rising, beautiful Queen sisters, that's us, (laughs) looking forward to an awesome show. I mean, we have started out with a bang with Dr. Shabazz. And Naima Latip, who I'm sure you are aware of, she says, Grand Rising, Beautiful teachers, welcome, my dear sister, Dr. Constance Shabazz. I'm looking forward to working with your urban gardening program. Now, I don't know if you know, uh, Dr. Latif started a uh, what we called, I think, a pandemic garden during the COVID season, where she was growing uh, vegetables and showing us how to cook them and prepare them. So you yep. and she, you all, you have to team up with her because. Uh, she was already looking at land, deserted or abandoned land, to do this gardening. She says, are you interested in building a solar-powered community? I'd love to talk to you about that. So, uh, yeah, you two got to get together. And uh, we need to take a break. Uh, oh, I didn't realize our screen is so small here. There we are. We're bigger. Uh, we got to take a break, uh, Dr. Constance. And when we come back, Uh, We need to talk about, I wanted to just talk about sickle cell for a moment, but uh, that as well as uh, I want to know more about, like, how you're staffing your wellness center and um, how much help you're getting. Because if people want to do that type of uh, development, you are the person to talk to with all the experience you've just shared with us. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
2: After
1: these messages. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. Do you wanna live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement Heavenly culture, world peace, restoration of light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin-Suk Kim of
4: the HWPL Chicago Branch of North America. Join us for our next
1: gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at ChicagoHWPL at gmail.com.
0: We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. And we are
1: back with the beautiful and... Experienced and intelligent Dr. Constance Shabazz. Oh my goodness, I have so many questions for you. You know, you mentioned um, that a lot of your development came with COVID, with that, during COVID and wanting to do something different. And, you know, the word, the one word I learned, especially as a life uh, health coach and all, was about comorbidity. You know, you're talking about being in the the black community in Chicago where I grew I grew up in Hyde Park by the way. And what what high school did you go to?
3: Calumet over on uh Southwest.
1: Okay. So, my dad taught at Harlan High School um for 30 almost 30 years. So, um and I so I had his influence um as a health coach in developing my own career, because my dad was a physical education instructor. He was a football coach. And we always, I tell me, we always had red delicious apples in our house. And even though my parents were divorced, my dad would always bring us red delicious apples. So I grew up with that thing—that mind to take care, better care of myself. But comorbidity, that had to be the most talked about uh, problem or health challenge during COVID. Uh, So I learned about what it was, and and then so I started talking about that on my show a lot, comorbidity, high blood pressure, diabetes, and cancer. I think those are the three major comorbidities. So many people in the black community were struggling with these conditions. Have you seen in your uh, clinic that to be a reality and how have you approached as far as especially education as you said uh, to uh, get rid of all that or to help people with that?
3: Oh absolutely. Uh, You know when we started hearing about the statistics of individuals uh, or the demographics of individuals who were uh, dying from from cold for example you would hear that it was uh, the age of the person person and it would be that they had comorbidity, and I was like you know that sounds like a lot of black people
2: to be you
1: know <laughs> unfortunately and, and so, yeah. and it, but it took me a while
3: to to actually find any written documentation to support that in fact I'm not sure if you're aware that I think the New York Times had uh, not think they they had a lawsuit uh to obtain information from the C D C it included well what was the race of these people? Where did they work, you know what I'm saying? And when they finally got the information, a lot of it was redacted. Can you imagine that? This how critical an uh, issue it is with regards to public health, knowing where people live, where they work, where they you know what I'm saying, their their race, I mean because we know that racism is inextricably linked to where people live, the kind of work that they do, the risk factors they have access to to, uh, health care, access to uh, affordable uh, foods and health care services. Okay, so here, you know, yes, comorbidities are already there, and and, and I'm going to say that that was a prime motivation for us to do this as a health center. Because we knew before the pandemic that our rates of, of morbidities, of co- comorbidities were sky high in relationship to the rest of the population. And that if we did not design a program that was not just dealing with the acute issues of the, the virus, then at the end of – whenever this end of the pandemic was going to occur, we were still going to be left with what we had to deal with prior to the pandemic. So that means that we had to address that. So yes, practically every patient that we, we have seen walk through the door had some, some level of comorbidity. Yeah. Okay.
2: Obesity,
1: that's the other one.
3: Absolutely. Respiratory diseases, you know, the environmental toxins that we have. Well, right now, uh, we were just uh, recently uh, approached by an organization called Blacks and Green that look, looks at environmental justice. They just got a $10 million, million dollar, uh, grant several months ago, and they want us to partner with them because they want us to try to identify the health implications of living in a toxic environment like that That, that community. Okay, and so back to your question, so yes, we're seeing it. We're seeing more of it
2: mm-hmm. because
3: there are fewer, fewer places that people can go to get timely health care. And, and there's so many people in our community who obviously are su- historically suspicious of, of the system, so they don't go. The, they, their options in terms of where they can go without feeling stigmatized you know, is, is limited. Uh, so we, we also focus in on the, the cultural competency part too. You know, and so we are, yes, we're dealing with, with, with comorbidities all the time, but we're trying to approach it in a way that we don't make it the structured thing that we see in the system right now that you have to, first of all, you know, have have people in the mindset. And this happens when they call us. They call us not about because they're concerned about their diabetes, not that they're not concerned about it. They're concerned about how much money it's going to cost.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So we're trying to break that barrier down. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. But we
3: eliminate the fear that they have of getting the care that they need. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so, yes, they're, they're there. And they're, and that doesn't mean that they're, they're not comorbidities in every community. But I, as someone told me, one uh, of my, my Korean-American friends told me, she said, hey, you know, I'm out in California, and my mom goes to various doctor, doctors, and the doctors have worked together to be able to make sure that the, the services are accessible to the people that the, the community serve. Where do we have that option in our community? Uh, there was a study that was done, a survey done about two or three years ago by the Southside Health Coalition, and of 150 respondents, it said that 50 percent of the people more said that they had to go more than five miles to get their health care service. Five miles, okay? And then uh, another 50 percent said that they have to go outside of the Southside to get health care services. You know, a sister asked me yesterday, well, why can't you just, you know, open up a why is it you can't just open up a facility and the people are just coming in in droves? Yes, the need is there, but you've got the constraints of this industry with the insurances and the fact that here we are in a healthcare desert that if you go like for uh, from, I'm going to say from 30 something or whatever, wherever uh, Saudi Island, which is a major therapist, uh, uh, starts, to all the way to the south, you you probably see can find maybe one or two hospitals, and then almost no no doctor's offices. And the question becomes, why is that the case that we have maybe somewhere between 750 to uh, almost a million people on the south side of Chicago, and they don't have access to healthcare, period, much less affordable healthcare.
2: Okay. And that's because
3: of the corporatization. Cor- the corporatization of medicine has kept, kept practitioners from being able to be established in the communities where there's the need. And so that's why there's a rise, a continuance of the, of the uh, comorbidities that we have in our community. It's part of access and having the right access to not just, you know, a uh, healthcare provider, but culturally competent ones, people they can relate to, and having the resources for me to say, to say this, to me to say to someone, well, you need to eat uh, healthier. But there's no grocery store. There's the corner store that just provides a lot of processed food. And to and for those of you who buy fresh produce on a regular basis, let me tell you, them suckers are hard to carry around. <laughs> and imagine having to take one or two buses and not being able to afford an Uber or Lyft. Okay? So all of these things are part of the comorbidity issue. It's not just, oh, we, we, we fat. If we don't have a... a a safe community and as i mentioned we have uh two boring gangs in, in, in the project so what what does that say to what am i saying to mrs jones who might want to just walk around in the complex she may be too it, it, too fear uh, to have too much fear that she may be a target mm-hmm. the next mm-hmm. you know so there this is a very complex thing oh,
2: so like yeah. the, oh, trying yeah.
3: to, to create a safe, a safe environment where people can even have access to to the things that they need, but also to be able to activate the things that that are good practices for health and wellness.
1: Yeah, so all of that um, is stirring up in my mind the need for emotional healing in the community. Because um, what I see with friends and family who are overweight is there's an emotional connection. Um, They're eating for comfort and they're eating from traditional programming of uh you know chidlins and greens and all the foods that could, and bread 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 got to have lots of bread so my experience of and i'm in my late 60s so um i've had to practice discipline uh even though i've never been overweight i have had issues because of emotional things going on so and my sister uh my older sister Five years older than me, she died of breast cancer, but she stayed in my home for nine months, trying to overcome that disease. And I realized she was the best teacher I ever had about emotions because, number one, her daughter, her fourteen-year-old daughter, two years before she was diagnosed with the breast cancer, her fourteen-year-old daughter was hit by a car there in the Chicago area, and died that evening. So it was one of those instant, uh, acute traumas that hit her hard in her brain, and she never overcame. She was in grief, unforgiveness, and guilt for the rest of her two years on the planet after that. So that taught me a lot about the effect that grief, unforgiveness, and guilt have on a person's uh, ability to heal, ability to overcome anything. So when we develop responses to keep us healthy this year, uh, one of them has to be uh, how do I overcome these habits I've had of reacting from death, from, uh, from diagnosis. Let's say your patients are diagnosed with cancer. What's your choice now? Are you going to go in for chemo, the harshest treatment you could ever find, and therapies that will not build up your immune system? Those are the choices we want to encourage people to think about. Versus, how about just going to YouTube? You know, you were talking about well, people don't have access to food; they don't have this. I I believe strongly in YouTube. I I most of my shows that I do, when I don't have a fam, fabulous guest like yourself, I'm on YouTube. I'm showing YouTube. I'm ed- and I recently got hit with a copyright infringement because I go crazy on YouTube, and I don't even I don't even look at who's copyright covered and all that. But the patience. Um, I think that you deal with, they need to be educated on using YouTube. Because they can go there and search for help on diabetes. They can search for help on re, re, depression. They can search for everything in their, that comes up in their mind. Search bar at YouTube. Go. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people, professionals doing teachings on any given subject on YouTube. So I think part of yours or any health facility should be, don't feel like you're deprived of a clinic in your neighborhood or you're deprived of anything. No, we have the internet, at least while we have it. There's talk about the internet going down for a long time this year, whatever. But while we have it, that to me is the best resource that we can find that doesn't cost us anything. And if they start there, they'll just start there asking questions. You could be on there for hours getting answers. Okay, how about uh, how to overcome depression or even how to uh, overcome obesity? Type in how to overcome obesity. There's going to be exercises you can do in your home. There's going to be meditation you can do in your home. There's going to be, and then it will be a matter of calling up the Shabazz wellness center and say do you have any support groups that i can join i want to walk in the area is there anybody uh is there a group that i can contact uh to go walking with like you said the crime in the neighbor in nearby areas may prevent people from thinking they can't go out but hey how about a car to the lake get away from the neighborhood go walk around the lake once a week uh you know these are the healthy choices that we need to develop or help people i believe develop in 2024 stop depending on the traditional ways of he- healing helping your body get well but use the internet it, there's just so much available and do you have anyone in your in your wellness center that can guide people in that area? Don't feel frustrated and, and disappointed that you, we can't come here or there, but do you have anyone that can educate people in that area?
3: Well, well like I said earlier, that, that, that that's really what we're doing. Okay, but but I, I want to roll back a little bit. Okay, two weeks ago, tomorrow, we um, did a giveaway. Okay, it was cold, getting to get cold out there, and uh, it was right before Christmas. And we worked with a couple of, of charitable organizations, philanthropic organizations, who had given us, um, one had given us uh, over 150 winter kits, and they had, and included a, a short jacket, with some little padding in it, um, hat, scarf, gloves, a couple of pairs of socks. Another one uh, gave us one that was specifically uh, for children ages 0 to 18, and they were uh, handmade blankets, okay? Uh, then we had some other items there. We uh, brought those into our waiting room area. We had not put anything out on the Internet, because many of the people that, that we knew would need probably don't even have a phone, much less internet, okay? We, we, um, we went next door to the laundromat, started telling people there, saw a couple of people coming in and out of the laundromat, and offered them to come in. In three hours, sister, we gave away all that stuff. Okay? We have people, and this is when we talk about, the social determinants of health, who are barely making it. Yeah. And and, and so we know that in order to engage them in that next level, because you know the Maslow's hierarchy, you know, which, which starts out with, you yeah, got to deal with food, clothing, and shelter.
2: First. Right, right. And, and by
3: helping to address those Talking to people about okay, so now now that you you you've you got some relief here, now we can engage you in these uh, that other level because okay because you all of this is going to be for not if you if you do so, live a better lifestyle. Right. I'm not, not saying it that way, you know what I'm saying, but helping to start them beyond the immediate issues that we have, and that's where we bring in those 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 other those other tools uh, to be able to help them that, to educate. and who are. reason for you to abandon, you know, we should all, always have intention, purpose, you know, needs and purpose, and we should be resolute, you know, we should be firm in our decisions, and we should have an action plan, and it should be realistic action plan. Yeah. So I just want to say, you know, just quickly to, to the listeners, you know, I'm looking at it four quadrants, yes, have your, your physical, so, so it, it a little bit of change is magnanimous because it's 100% more what you did before. When the sister gave the exercise today, oftentimes, you know, if I have, particularly if I have stiffness in the morning, if my body tells me this is what you do, don't just start jump, jumping up and running around, and, and oh my God, now, now, now I have more strength. Just easy, gentle movement, okay? is so, so powerful. We think it has to be. I gotta, I gotta jump on a Peloton. No, <laughs> it will tell you. It will give you the feedback that you need. And what you're doing, you, re, re, you are actually, uh, re, releasing those those painkillers, natural painkillers that help you to be able to withstand that movement. Okay, so your body is already supplying you what you need. So be gentle with So if it is, from a physical standpoint, you need more physical activity, then find out what you like. What is something that you enjoy doing? I'm gonna give you my, a personal story. When I moved to Texas, I found so much more freedom to be able to to walk. I love walking. My mother was a, a walker, which really helped her throughout her, her, her years of her life. and. I'm just five to seven minutes away from a natural lake, three miles, beautiful. I get out there, uh, try to get out there based on the temperature, okay? And and, and love to get out there at sunrise, okay? Beautiful, take pictures and everything. But when I I started this project, I came back to Chicago. (laughs) And so the idea of going out and walking in the neighborhood was covered by this fear of hearing about, oh yeah, you know, at the park down the street, you know, somebody got robbed, you know, while they were trying to walk or play tent. I'm like, oh, no, God. But after a while, I found myself, you know, locked down by the fear.
2: Mm-hmm. But it,
3: it was not only affecting me physically, mm-hmm. but, well, you know, and the other way around, you know. So a friend of mine said, look, um, you know, what about the why? And I said, you know what? Actually, the Y is just five minutes away from from our health center. So I, I walked in there. I signed up for something I love. I love Zumba. Uh, I'm not a, a dancer, but I love that movement. And what I found was that not only was I able to pace myself and make sure that I that I always put in my on my schedule that day and time, you know, whether it was early in the morning it was at 7:30 a.m or 6.45 now in the evening, I have it clocked on into my calendar to be there. But the more important thing was that I found I found new community. There were, there were women and men who were there who were looking for the same thing. And I'm gonna tell you, we got the best Zoom instructor on the planet. A sister who, who has a photographic memory and she knows everybody by that first name, even if that person hasn't been to that class in years. Okay, so it makes you feel like you are part of a community and there's a sharing. She's asking, well, how are you doing? She's doing a check-in with you. How are things going? How was your day? What, what? Tell us something good that happened. That, that That's community. So I found a way to compensate for the that, I'm gonna say loss of having that other activity. And for those of you all who are seniors, there are these programs called the Silver Sneakers. It's free. It's free. You could go to WISE. You can go to uh, fitness centers. And I know that there are not as many in our community, but there are resources there. A lot of the churches and community centers have established things. You know, they want safe spaces for all family members. So take advantage of that. But the most important thing, like I said, is make sure it's fun and also pick a friend. And, and, but, but don't be dependent on them. If they fall off, find some new friends, yeah, you know, yeah. because that brings energy to your life. It brings purpose. It makes you feel like I'm not just going to move my arms and my legs, I'm going to be around people who
1: um I'm so glad you brought up um the spiritual part because um you said in the beginning that you're trying to incorporate both eastern philosophy and western philosophy. And so I have I have dealt more with well, I I'm to I'm clarify that the the best of
3: the west and non-west. Yes. Because it's not It's all of
1: us. Yes. Exactly. So uh I want to talk about the breath how that is to me, that's worship. When you say connecting and meditation, and how do we breathing? Period, breathing. And so, I want to talk about a little bit about if, if you have a place of peace in your in your wellness center, because to me, um, when I look at most cities I go to, there's a church everywhere, church everywhere, and yet you hear about there's also crime everywhere, crime everywhere. So there's something missing. In the religious institutions that have been built up in most areas and yet there's still people homeless there's still crime you are like what's going on here so I I always tell the women on the female solution what you need in Chicago is a yoga center and on every corner where people can come in feel the music influence the environment that may be having essential oils in the in the room and the music is really key because you—if you probably heard five two eight hertz music is healing, and so if I think if every wellness place could have uh, what our—we our, had a, a former uh, host uh, Jody used to talk about her place of peace that she set up in her house and all over, and that's what we need now with all the chaos and the war. I—it I, really feels like we need to have a place where people can come in and just sit and breathe, and listen to nice music, and learn how to be quiet, meditating, no cost, just oh, have a room available with pillows, a comfortable place, get out of the environment, come in, and just close your eyes, and learn how to breathe, all right, so we'll be right back uh, with, after this commercial break, and we have a caller we want to get to, we haven't uh, forgotten about you but I just love hearing from Dr. Shabazz about all the things that uh, we need to develop as we go forward so that we can all have
2: prosperity number one in our mind body and soul do you
5: worry about finances family health jobs relationships are you in pain do you feel stuck If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down to earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type two diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code the Female solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com.
2: Have you
0: ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host, Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution.
1: much for joining us. I am so grateful to have Dr. Constance Shabazz here. Our, she's the CEO and co-founder of the Salam Community Wellness Center in Chicago, Illinois. And if you've missed the last, uh, what, hour and a half, you need to go back and uh, hear the jewels that she's been giving us uh, from her experience, her knowledge, and her what she's doing there in Chicago with Her wellness center, she's not just developing a wellness center, she's developing a village, a healthy village in Chicago. So, uh, Dr. Shabazz, we've got a couple of callers. uh, If you're ready, uh, I'll open up their mic, and we can hear from them. And let's see, uh, 312-632. Admiral Nelson Bay. Go ahead, I think
6: with this um Shabazz Center. I know that at um the have the um Griffin Funeral Home, which was gonna be the Chicago Baha'i Center. I don't know who owns that building there at thirty third and King Drive, but I would suggest that place to be it. I'm of the Baha'i Persuasion. I'm gonna be at the Baha'i House of Worship for a fireside later on this evening, Inshallah. And I'm also a Moslem, and I love the honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan. I, I and I say that so that people, my fellow co-religionists, my fellow co-religionists in the War Science Temple of America, that is, um, are clear to how it is uh, that. Almighty God, Allah appeared in the person of Master W. Fardin Muhammad, long-awaited Messiah of Judeo Christians and the Mackie of the Muslims. Well, okay,
1: Dr. Nelson, do you have a question for our guest? Because I've got a couple of callers waiting. Do you have a question or comment for our question? Yes. Do, you,
6: do, you, do you know who owns the Griffin Funeral Home? She's from Chicago. They're at 33rd and King Drive.
3: Are you able to hear him? Yeah, I'm familiar with the... The funeral home yes you ma'am.
6: know who actually owns the building I don't know either I'm trying to find out who owns the building an
3: yeah, empty no we, we actually brother we we actually have a facility now and uh, actually one of our our funders is is a Baha'i um, uh, person of uh, Baha'i faith I'm not sure if what's
6: what's made, her name
3: I'm sorry, what?
6: what is okay.
3: so so we have a 3300 square foot facility uh, there's another 1,500
6: square feet in that, that same building that we hope to acquire to expand our services. Um, do you love the
3: Honorable Lewis Farcon yourself? I did. Yes, he, he visited there Pardon? About two or three
6: months ago. I didn't hear you. What did you say?
4: He, yeah, he visited there.
3: So the you're saying
6: of- that you are- Now, I'm asking yes. you, do you personally love the Honorable Lewis Farrakhan as I do? Yes or no, please.
1: Sir, I don't think that's appropriate
3: for... I'm
6: waiting call. for your answer, ma'am.
2: Yes okay, or no. Do you love Mr. Parker?
1: Okay, thank you, Admiral ne- e- e- May. We're going to move on because um, our, our guest has already Sorry. answered. Thank you. We're going to go to 314-677. Your mic is open. Good
7: morning, Viata.
1: Good morning. This sounds like Brother Pianke. Do you have a question or comment for our guest, Dr. Um, Constance Shabazz? Yeah, I
7: do. If somebody asked me that question about Farrakhan, not only is the answer no, it's hell no.
1: But I was oh, going
7: to ask Tiziana, <laughs> we talk about the things that we can do to for the poor. How is that? Are you familiar with those golden temples that's in India in many different cities? that feed over 100,000, 150,000 a day for free every day of the year. This country is not Christian. They don't believe in Jesus. How is it that they do such things? And, and Viana, to make a spark in your eye, it's all vegetarian foods, no meat, because they worship the cow. They praise the cow. Well, so that needs to be looked at. Because here com- we got all of these hungry the in the black community and so forth and they depend on handouts, uh, giveaways from Walmart and other organizations but and the stuff is old and decrepit. So how is should not we people look at how India does this and the non religious they even provide uh cataract surgery for those who can't afford it. And they also have an educational system with its technology schools that's par nine. Okay.
1: Okay, Dr. Constance, would you like to respond to his point?
3: Well, you know, let's just look at how this country was built. (laughs) It was built. Uh, for monetary reasons, you know, because our, our people who are already here, the indigenous uh, Americans, if you want to call them that, uh, they they were here for subsistence. Okay, they weren't interested in in profiting off of others, and so our systems, uh, and specifically our, our healthcare system, is predicated on on keeping people ill. Okay, that's how you make money. Whereas in other systems, they profit. Off of keeping people healthy, because they know that the most important resource is the human resource. So yes, it's about one's intention. You know what it is they have in mind. What is, is their motive behind the way in which they build a society and what they will support? There's very little money, maybe a little more than before, put towards prevention. Okay, and prevention is really the most important key rather than us you know I know we we also often talk about you know comorbidities and things like that the most important emphasis should be on preventing them from occurring in the first place absolutely so, so that's the way this society is built brother, brother you know and it's it's built in such a way that what do they say it, the system doesn't work and it, it works intentionally that way. so what we have to do, you know, And what we're trying to do in our model with God's help, is to create a model where we are not dependent on that, that we, we are going to spend the amount of time that we need to spend with individuals to be able to find out what those issues are that keep them from achieving their health. And if we don't spend enough time with the patient, my question is why, why are we there? What, what are we doing? What are we hoping to achieve? Because it's the, it's the individual. It helps to drive those of us who are in the healing business to drive in the right direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the traditional conventional medical system in the United States is totally broken, in my opinion. Their doctors don't spend time with their patients because they're too busy doing paperwork and keeping up with the demands of the medical system. So you're right. Uh, the new paradigm is spurt, spend more time with the patient ask questions, help develop a personal plan, personal plan. You can't have, like, a robot of a, 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 a people running and coming in and out and you prescribing drugs. That is the broken system because then you have all the side effects. So I'm so grateful that you have a renewed mind about uh, how to care, help people develop their uh, health and, and uh, maintain their well-being, wellness, so that we can get out of this system that is so totally broken. we got other callers. I don't want to leave them. So let me go to the next caller. Uh, I believe this is Mama AZ. She's out in Arizona. Mama AZ, your mic is open.
4: Grand Risings, Dr. V. (laughs) You never cease to amaze me. And and Brother Nelson Bay, inappropriate. I'm going to have to get my switch and tan your pretty <laughs> leg. You had no business asking that question, sir. I I'm surprised at you, but that's another <laughs> time. I'm gonna call you and, and, and I'll put you uh in the corner. Uh okay. Uh Doctor Constance
1: I'd Nelson love Bay to call Doctor so Constance, I hope you're not shocked. Well yeah we all know Doctor we know Nelson Bay and yeah. You go Thank you
4: <laughs> okay. go ahead. Anyway you, uh, Dr. V, never ceased to amaze me. Um, Dr. Constance, I would love to call you Lady Constance because I have an elder who's on the other side, and her I call her Lady Constance. She's very, very, very instrumental in my growth, uh, the 40 years that I was there in Greensboro, I mean in High Point, North Carolina, and I thank you for inspiring me today. And Dr. V, what's the energy today? Because I'm it's early here and I'm half asleep. Well, what's the energy uh, number for today? Because this is I know it, today is uh, uh, the fifth. That's the six and six and and eight is what.
1: So I think we have a five. We we use we like to count the numbers
4: on
1: the day oh,
4: and bring in the energy of numerology. So I think oh, we're gonna five today. Okay, well, uh, Lady Con, I mean uh, Dr. Constance, you have just given me a major, major, major confirmation on this energy of five today. Five family represents change, refinement, and this is beautiful. So I have so much to share, but at another time, and thank you, Brother Pianke. Call me, Brother Pianke, when your spirit leads you. And I'd like to connect with you, Dr. Constance, by way of Dr. V because there are some things that are getting ready to unfold, and you have just given the confirmation, and that's all that I'm able to say right now. Thank us. Thank you, ma'am. Peace. Okay.
1: Thank you you for those comments. Thank you. All right, we got another caller here. Um, 773-450, your mic is open.
8: How are you doing? Good morning, and uh, grand to all.
1: Speak up! I need you to speak up. We can hardly hear you. Are you there?
2: Can
1: you
8: hear? Me? Can you speak up? Yes, I was on to to phone. I, it's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, grand rises and good morning to all. I was just going to tell uh, Dr. Constance, I sure appreciate her and what she's done in Chicago. I mean, that whole strip had nobody, and now they've got places where people can go and get uh, better health. Not only that, there's a restaurant attached that's, you know, like five-star restaurant with, with excellent food that's included. So I just wanted to tell her thank you for everything you've done. We need more people to do for each other like that. I sure appreciate you. Thank you, brother.
1: Thank
3: you for the encouragement.
1: And and what we all can do is share this uh in this show today with our friends and family, uh, all over the place because there's so much to learn from what Doctor Shabazz is sharing with us. And uh just the fact that um that there's so many people in need of uh wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, because the medical center, I just, someone sent me, uh, I think it was Mama AZ, a congresswoman died a terrible death due to medical neglect family. And her name was uh, Representative Eddie Bernice Johnson. There goes those Johnsons. My my family is Johnson all over the place, but oh, in Chicago especially. I have probably 12 cousins in Chicago who are all Johnsons. And so every time I see Johnson, that slave name shows up. So. <laughs> so it it and she died because of neglect of a medical medical neglect okay, so here we are in twenty twenty four this is these are This is good news in a way to help us shift away from the medical neglect and and Dr. Constance is showing us how to do that. Number one, she showed us how to be creative innovative and and go and find properties that are abandoned and create something new create a facility, create a center, create a neighborhood, create a village that can address the problems of that particular neighborhood because, as you pointed out, not every neighborhood is going to have the same issues. But I believe uh, one of the things we can do in terms of prevention, you talked about the best way is prevention, preventing the uh, comorbidities, the diabetes We've, we've got to focus on that if we want to renew our health, keep our health, change our health. And I believe strongly the best way is your breath work. you got to, the best way to respond to everything in your life is deep breathing. And I, I really encourage um, not only uh, individually, we do that every morning when we do our joint rolling. I, I am in bed for probably an hour before I get up because I'm joint rolling, I'm deep breathing, I'm meditating. I have my, my Sometimes I have my scriptures there, pick up my scriptures while I'm rolling my ankles, and I just spend time what I call flying, first love yourself. And these are the principles to me that can prevent illness. We, we, this year, our focus should be on prevention. And I know Dr. Constance would agree because it hasn't worked, trying to overcome all these diseases because here's the thing um, advertisement Um, I'm here in my my home where my my sister watches a lot of CNN and and news and all that and every few minutes there's an advertisement if it's not for a drug it's for food uh, it's for things that we, we really don't need but if you're in front of that television guess what They're going to use that opportunity to brainwash you. And so I think part of uh, Dr. Constance's wisdom she brings with us is that she's developing a whole neighborhood to come against, to provide the education, uh, the prevention aspect. And I hope that you will uh, really look into developing a peace place in there where people can just walk in, go into that peace room and just sit and breathe and meditate. What do you think, Dr. Constance?
3: Well, you know, <laughs> you, I guess you, you've seen me smile because we, we already got it. Okay? Oh, great. All right. But a couple of things I, I, I want to respond to. Them, but uh, social media, even old old school TV is toxic. Um, I started uh, pulling back from watching television uh, actually around the, the first Obama campaign. Wow. It got so toxic, and and I was in a situation where my, my, my late husband had been in a serious accident. He was at home, and, you know, just the, the stress of taking care of, of a loved one, you know, 24-7, and then to the turn on a TV that was just dumping garbage <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in my face, you know, what I was like, I I can't deal with this over here and then try to clean up this over there. So what I did was, you know, I mean I was kind of actually started steering my husband more towards uh, NVR, radio, you know, something that was more uplifting and, you know, intellectually stimulating, you know, um, and I actually physically took the the television in my bedroom out. Um, And let me tell you, I've that's been since what, when, when was Obama in? Okay, whatever that was, 2008, whatever. Yeah. My stress level dropped dramatically uh, because I, you know, and the only time I, I really abandoned that was during COVID only because needing to have information, but then when, you know, certain people got up there and lied all the time was constantly pouring out more stuff. I said, okay, let me go back <laughs> and resume my status quo, which was you know no no television, and, and I rarely I really really watch it only you know for um, information. I feel that's that's the best way to get it, the quickest way to get it. Um, I try to limit my screen time on the internet. Uh, you will rarely find me on Facebook. I'm not going to get into fights with you. You can call me all kinds of names. I wouldn't know it. <laughs> you can like and unlike me, okay? And, and I'm not. Uh, thing that it's not, Uh, we don't use it for our our health center, but I I use it for a very strategic strategic thing. So, um, back to what you were saying, we have created with God's Health a beautiful environment system. We were blessed to be able to not only put the the physical walls within our facility in a way that when you walk in, you see these high ceilings and you feel expansive, With a lot of sunlight whenever we can catch it, or even the possession of sunlight. (laughs) Look across the street, the trees and things there. Uh, Even though it's busy outside, we have created a safe environment. There are people who have come there and said, Well, one woman who's from the University of Chicago said, Well, why did you name this Salam? And Salam, for those of you who don't know, means peace. And I said, Northwestern University, studying the impact of music on the treatment of mental health. Wow. She's also a viola player in the Chicago Symphony.
2: wow.
3: Look, she was so excited to hear about the work that we're doing. Oh, wait a minute, I forgot to tell you. She lives two minutes away from us in the same neighborhood.
1: Oh, my goodness. She came
3: over, and she did a therapy session that blew my mind. And now she, 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 we're trying to uh, develop a program where back to those comorbidities, and we've also talked to uh, the head of uh, neurology at the University of Chicago about creating a special clinic where we're just using music. And using that as a way of helping people, particularly folks who have what we call intractable, poorly controlled high blood pressure, because you know stroke is, is one of the number one death causes of death in our community.
2: Yeah.
3: So, so using this as a, a, a way of helping people to lower their blood pressure, their stress, level, all of those, those, those hormones that trigger, you know, the tightness of our, our, our blood vessels and our nerves that, that contribute to stroke. So we want to, to incorporate all of these things together. And I'm telling you, I'm, I've uh, gone with the sister, you know, we co-presented a, a, a couple of events, and without a doubt, without a doubt, the participants in, in those events have, have been transformed. Have they, their feedback is always positive. Whatever they came in with, with the anxiety, whatever, gone. And wow. this is a twenty minute session. Wow. So yes, we are doing that along with the breathing. In fact, we, we, we did a session. i have to share this with you. That just startled me. Uh, my granddaughter, who unfortunately lost her mom uh, to a violent death some years ago, was visiting me and we, we participated in one of the music therapy sessions. And during that time, I saw the face of her mother. Ooh. me and Lee, just like that. Afterwards, you know, my, my friend does a, a debrief and says, oh, how did it go, and you know, my granddaughter said, yeah, I felt more relaxed. And I said, um, she said, I saw my mother.
1: Wow. And I looked and I
3: said,
1: I saw your mother. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I got chills. Uh, you couldn't make this up. You
3: couldn't make this up. So look at the power, the the healing power. And I, I'll just share this one other thing. I was in um, Ghana. Just,
1: you know what? That just makes me teary-eyed because it's so true that that can happen and bring such peace. There's your salam right there. It's like, wow, there's my mother, there's your daughter. Wow, I'm sorry. I just, ooh, that gives me chills.
3: Yeah, neither of us saw any pain on her face.
2: Yes, yes, yes. It
3: was was almost like she, she, the spirit was coming back to say, I'm okay.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
3: It was closure. I was like.
1: And that, there's, your, there's your healthy response to transitions and death right there. When you hear that type of testimony of a loved one showing up in the place of peace, in the place of salam, you know, you can, or you can know that your loved ones are okay, they're in peace, no more suffering, no more pain. Don't react with grief and uh, guilt and all that when your loved ones transition because this testimony right here, just it just was, it vibrated within me. The chills that I felt when you were saying that said, that is really true, capital T, truth, really powerful. Let me just share some of the comments we have on Facebook. Uh, Naima says, she, I love the idea of a QR code. Connected to a website, that is so modern, too. You are right <laughs> right up with the times with those QR codes. With information about the plants, yes, educating on every level. There are so many medicinal plants that we're calling weeds that we need to educate people about. So true. And then uh, uh, Zelda says, wow, what a power-packed informational show. Thank you, Dr. Shabazz, for your generous contributions thanks for sharing your multi religious experiences brother nelson bake yeah we that's how we become enlightened to various experiences yeah, you know it's it's interesting for someone to have a passion about a leader uh that they love them so much, but that you gotta be careful about that because these days leaders are falling off that altar that we put them on like they and it's gonna be worse this year, believe me, I'm hearing some stories about. Some of the people we have put on pedestals that we should never have done. Now they've fallen off with homosexuality and all this coming out. Let's be careful about who we put on a pedestal. And our, well, our
3: let, me, let me just say this: that's how they get us in our community. Yes, they will say, "Okay, when your leader is dead, so is the movement." Whereas uh, you will hear people talk about, particularly Republicans, they'll talk about Ronald Reagan. Huh? And Ronald Reagan. As 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 a mindset was gone way way before his physical body, so they weren't worshiping that physical body. The concepts, that that the beliefs of those individuals, that's what we should be concerned about. What is it that? What are the lessons that these leaders, so-called lead? The leading, the leading is that. They they happen to be going in a direction that turns out to be the direction we should be going, and we followed in that direction. Right,
2: (laughs) right.
1: Instead of doing our own research and prayer and meditation to find out what's my direction. Uh, Deborah Smith is our uh, Saturday host. She says, Grand Rising, how appropriate, Mm to have Dr. Shabazz here to help nurture and nourish the people of all communities. I so appreciate this lesson. Thank you. Thank us for showing up. And especially this being the first show of 2024, yes. And let's see, Francis Harris says, I'm glad to have heard some of this live today. And you can always go back and listen on my YouTube channel and Facebook Live. I have Facebook, both my Facebook pages, Viata, Soul Purpose Healing, and my personal page, Vieta, And the Blog Talk Radio has come through once again. Even though I had to use my sister's uh, landline, I would not have been able to have Blog Talk today if it wasn't for this landline because I could not connect on my cell phone. So we give praise and thanks for all the things working on, and Dr. Constance brought this spirit of Salam. Now, does your website, do you have a website?
3: Yes. It's uh, Salam. CWC.org. Uh, is it possible for me to put this in the chat?
1: Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, by all means, because I wanted uh, people to see, and maybe we could pull it up. We're going over time, but that's okay. I think this is important. Uh, if you give me uh, the website, I could maybe pull it up for uh, our listeners. Okay. Um, it's org. I put
3: it in the chat, so maybe you can copy that and...
1: Put it in your browser. CWC dot org. Yes. Okay. Let's see if that comes up. See if I can get that up. Okay. Oh, there it is. So let me share this with our audience so the view on. Uh, yeah. Okay. It did come up. So let me just share this so people can see. Uh, What it looks like, here we go, share, I'm getting better at this stuff. <laughs> okay there we are. Is that it?
3: Yes, and you might want to look at, let's see if you can, can you click on the services and programs or about us? I always, uh, oh yeah, so here, this talks about the different modalities that we provide. We talked about the primary care, uh, and addiction tr- uh, treatment is, is kind of rolled in with mental health. Uh, we also our garden, our urban farm. We talked about, and we're still in the process. We're doing some, not case management more so, but but actually you're know, addressing some of the social determinants of health. I thought uh, I'm not sure if there is. Okay, go to about us. Let me see if it, there's a little video that we have. Oh, okay, this is great. This is my godson, and this is what this this place looked like um, before we we got uh started the project, so that land behind him is actually the the two lots that I spoke of and now that's been uh, completely enclosed uh with uh, gates and, and fencing and it has um uh, a wooden encasement around raised
4: uh, organic
3: beds and um it has um a space in the center that actually will be used for teaching and, and see if you can scroll down. yeah, I know we moved big things around in here, but so we, we may not be able to see the uh there's a little video that we have of the um uh, of the entire facility, so I apologize um if, if where we where I, is you, the video at well, that's what i'm trying to try to see where we moved it to I, I don't know if you could get back to that home page, see if you can go back. Can you toggle back or you might have to go back out and then uh, log in again? <coughs> let's see. Uh,
1: come back here. Is that the, the first page? No, the page? one before that.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, here. Let's scroll down. I'm not sure if it's... Can you scroll down? And that's our, our flyer. fly
1: is, okay. this, is this the see. video here? Yeah, let's try, let's try that.
3: This is Long Island Community
9: okay. Wellness Center was launched in 2020 in response to the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the black and brown community on Chicago's South Side. In the 16 months since we were established, we have acquired and renovated a 3,300 square foot facility in the Woodlawn community. We have four exam rooms which were outfitted with the generous donations from individual donors. Our next step is to launch our unique, innovative, integrative programs to address the needs of culturally competent primary care, addictive treatment, mental, and nutrition services.
1: Look at that yoga, girl. Go, yoga, girl. <laughs>
9: such as deep breathing, meditation, yoga, yeah. and Tai Chi. Wow. Nutrition, educational, and counseling will be provided, incorporating the food and medicine model to address chronic illnesses such as diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. The program will address access to healthy food through the installation of its community garden. This space will also serve as a holistic healing space where patients and community members will have the opportunity to learn about and participate in. Thank you for your contributions and we look forward to your continued support.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah. So th- that needs to be updated. But where you, you saw the uh, picture at the end with the garden, uh, we're pretty close to that. Our, our, uh, that's. A, it's, we've just installed the, the second version. The first version of the garden, which was installed in 2022, was smaller raised beds. It, it did not cover the entire two lots. And now it, it, it covers the entire two lots. It's enclosed. And we eventually want to have it a completely enclosed greenhouse where we'll be doing uh, both the organic beds as well as a hydroponic. Uh, we actually are, are partnering with an organization called Entrepreneurs Academy, which will be treat, uh, teaching um, uh, hydroponic gardening. Uh, they're starting Monday to do a drone photography program which dovetails into what I talked about before, making sure that we address those Maslow's hierarchy issues. It's going to be training people in how to do drone photography. We just found out through the founders of this organization that the city, I'm sorry, the county, Cook County, which is the county that Chicago's is in, is now moving towards doing commercial property assessments using drones. Wow. And so they are going to be educating people so they can be able to take the FAA 109 test to be able to be a remote uh, drone operator. And these jobs are, are making somewhere in the neighborhood of $200, $250 an hour. So imagine how, how impactful that is, is for people. And they say they have over 50,000 properties that need to be assessed. So that's a lot of work that we're trying to generate. People to be able to, to fit into those, those new emerging industries. Yeah. And they also have a mental health component to this program. So when people come and they brought it to my attention. or you.
1: so popular and it's more demand. That's wonderful. So imagine if we started training uh, elementary school children, that's where we have to start, about, okay, options for your career. Let's save your money so you can buy a drone. Why would we want to do that? Because you can make a lot of money doing drone videos for people. Just that one option that people take advantage of would bring them a career and they could travel all over the world to use Absolutely. and use that drone to promote biz, promote whatever they do, creating awesome videos. Absolutely, I
3: tell you. the uh, the director of that program was telling me how um, he I don't know if it was his own personal property, but whoever uh, told him about this, they, they had they were having some solar panel panels put on their their building. And so he said that the guy came with his 16-year-old son. And his 16-year-old son operated the drone because what they did, they needed to have a way to be able to measure the space, okay? And here the 16-year-old is doing things that, you know, Grown men and women could be doing to make a living to support their families. So we need to be on top of these things. Now, the, the interesting thing about the county is that they were not going to be using it for, for residential properties, which I'm glad to hear that because people are concerned about privacy. Right. But for commercial, you know, hopefully that's going to, you know, like I said, they, if they're going to be hiring somebody, and it's safer to hire someone to do that than having somebody to climb up on. The, the, the uh, roof of, of, a, of a building, you don't even know the integrity of the, of the roof, you know, to make assessments. So I think there's one where I just wanted to say that this my ideal program is really a marriage of what we're doing at the Lawn Community Wellness Center and a program we call, uh, that's called the Manchester Bidwell Program, that's put together by a brother by the name of Bill Strickland out of Pittsburgh, where he identifies. <laughs> whatever or pharmaceutical companies or whatever and they said, Well we need these kind of workers and he developed programs and there's one in Chicago called Chi Cat and I'm sure there's one in Atlanta. They're about some years ago in Palestine.
4: Wow. And she was teaching both
3: Jewish as well as Palestinian young people about the music, and it brought those youth together. Imagine the power of that. I mean, when she shared that with me, I was just, I, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding. You know, and
2: so,
3: see, all of the things that we're doing are all part of the healing that we need. I tell people music was what saved us as we were forced in the, in the bowels of the slave ship. That saved us. That humming, that whatever, you know, resonated and kept us kept us focused on, on our, our eventual freedom in whatever shape, form, or fashion. Whether it was running from the slave ship, running from, from the plantation, you know, just running to freedom. It kept us alive it, it, it spiritually. So I, we—that's I, that, what helps me every morning when I get up, and I must say that to uh, you all. I—I I, kind of whisked away from part of the, the website, but those of you who will get who have time to look at it, we recently had an, an unfortunate uh, accident at at our health center. There was a fire in our building, and we had to close down for a period of time. And we are just now reopening uh, this this coming Monday. i uh, but. You know, we are so dedicated to this mission that not even a fire would stop, stop okay? Yes, it was a blip, you know, but it really, as my, my late husband used to say, sometimes when you trip over a rock, it doesn't bring you down. It it propels you forward, you know. And so that's the way that I feel about this particular situation. I'm glad that the, that the number 2023 20, is retired. <laughs> I was looking forward to so many more great things in 2024. That actually already started off in a very positive light for us. And so we, I, I again, sister, I want to thank you because I'm, I, you know, I've got to jump off because of a, another application shortly. But I want to thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, sister Naima. I know it was like, uh, you know, I just say, hey, you know, can we be on your show because I we feel passionate about this to the extent that. We we know that we have to get out there as much as we can. You know, of course, we have our day to day things we do, but so we want to get out there as much, much as we can because we want to spread the the word. We want to spread the news. We want to make this this a movement, or we we already know it is. We want to continue this movement towards the healing of of, of all of our communities because we see what's what's happening worldwide that we have to be attentive to everybody's health. If nothing else that we even learn from that pandemic, that any one person is left behind, everybody else is at risk. So I thank you so much again for this opportunity. I hope that those of you all in the Chicago area will come by and visit us, as the brother mentioned. Um, we've got a whole block there. We're doing a fantastic thing. And for those of you who have ideas, this is just a, a, a naiva, but sure, we're going to have to have a conversation. Uh just please, you know, feel free to contact us. You have our website and on there there's a button for you to be able to contact us. That information will come to me. So um thank you so much again and I I apologize and I'm gonna have to sign off so I can No, take care. no,
1: no apologies. We've gone over time. And and do you do you need volunteers? Because you know it would be great to have young people come and learn how to develop this type of center because you are the model center for the world in my opinion this is how we need to move forward out of a medical system that is broken and focuses on drugs 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 and into a system that focuses on peace and meditation and all the things so do you
2: you you need
1: volunteers and how um how does that work Okay.
3: Yes, and, and we've had volunteers in the past. Um, I mean, up until actually, up uh, the day of the, of the, the fire, uh, we we worked with uh, young students at college level. We had uh, interns, of
1: interns,
3: with, with interns. Uh, Wheaton College. We have a couple there. Uh, Governor State University, uh, and so. But uh, we we have to be very cautionary in the sense of we know that sometimes our students are looking for. All kinds of help, you know. Um, so what I did with one student uh, uh, this past semester, she actually did.
8: I'm most grateful to hear what the sister has shared and what you've brought forward. You've heard me always speak about the Overground Railroad, and what we're doing is creating OASIS. OASIS are spaces where O-A-S-I-S, our ancestor spirit in service. And this is what we're doing when we create these centers, when we create these farms, when we create these places in nature and in, in these deserts. Because in the cities there are deserts and people need place to replenish themselves just as an oasis in a desert is a space with plant life and water. And so these are sources that we are needing and we're overstaring that we're not looking at the psychology anymore. We're looking at the spiritology because we're connecting to the spirits of our people. And these are the tools that have been given. And hearing you, Sister Beata, and my sister speaking, what she, she's sharing, is because the women are the nurturers. The women are the ones that, you know, can table university. The heart of any house is the kitchen. And where we nurture our children, we have to have spaces. And this is what we're doing in this way in which we free ourselves. None but ourselves can free our mind. And we have to have the space because we're never homeless. The earth is our mother and she's our floor. The sky is our ceiling and the trees and walls, even the buildings in in, in the cities are the walls. But what we have to have is space where we can come in and nurture each other. And this is what an oasis is because that those ones that's in that space are our ancestor spirit being in service.
2: Thank you
1: so much, Brother Kwame. That's a perfect reminder of the Overground Railroad and the oasis that Dr. Constance Shabazz is creating and and developing and working. We so appreciate you coming on with us and I hope you'll come back because we we could talk about so much more. I wanted to talk more about relationships, but we just ran out of time and and Francis wanted to know more about collaborations among musicians. I have put up the website, so we run out of time. And so, uh, Francis, please go to the website and connect with Dr. Constance on the website and let's all contribute to this global solution. I see this as the global solution bringing the Jews and the Arabs together to build a wellness center because there's going to be a lot of healing needed in Palestine, Gaza in the mines, if nothing else. Even those Palestinians and Jews who live here in America, we need healing now. As as we bring the solution and get rid of all these warmongers, it's going to take a process, but mostly time. prayer. So I pray, Dr. Constance, Indeed. that the Most High will protect you, strengthen you, and keep you in that perfect shalom and salaam Indeed. alaykum. salam my sister. Well, uh, thank you so
3: much. You. Check out our website, and please, we need all kinds of support. Your donations will be helpful. They're tax deductible. We are 501 c 3 Peace and blessings to
1: you all. All right. Shalom and thank you. have a
0: beautiful day. Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngia Senegal, Geret, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Salam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you, and the mercy of God, and God's
1: blessings. Assalam, and to all my yogi friends, Namaste, Satnam and Aloha in uh, Hawaii, Maui. Stand strong, my beautiful people. Stand strong. And to all of you joining me today, please share this with your friends, family, bro. This is the global solution that we've all been praying for and hoping for. We cannot put our politicians on a pedestal. Take them That We need to remove them, actually. Remove all these crooked politicians. Let's start fresh with some salam wellness, well-being centers uh, that uh, Dr. Shabazz has promoted today. Mwah. Everybody have a great weekend. Stay warm and come back tomorrow afternoon for more wisdom and
2: solutions
1: on the female solution. Love
2: you.